Welcome to Day 155 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season, The Story of the Prophets. I'm Paul, here with David and Matt. We're in the middle of the ice storm. You'll be getting this a week later, and hopefully there'll be sunshine outside. It'll be a little bit warmer, and you can get all the tree limbs out of your yard. Uh, We've been reading through the prophets. Uh, We're reading uh, the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is one of the major prophets, and of course the reason we call them major prophets is far more of their works are preserved for us, their oracles, their sayings, uh, their writings. In Jeremiah's particular case, it's hard to really put chronology or order to them. Uh, there's the rhythm that you find in most prophecies. There is a, a warning of impending judgment, a plea for repentance, and uh, then, of course, the hope of restoration after God's judgment has indeed ensued and the people have not repented. So we find ourselves in chapter 8 where you have a very graphic you know, announcement you know, of punishment moving to chapter 9 where uh, probably the key theme of chapter 9 would be mourning or lament. Uh, Jeremiah himself laments the impending doom that he sees looming before him and no one uh, listens to. And, of course, God calls on Israel to hire professional you know, mourners uh, because the disaster is going to be uh, that looms us so large. So we pick up in uh, Jeremiah 9 as we continue uh, to work our way through this magnificent book. Before we, uh, before we read, we, as we always do, we pause and offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord. So, David, do you mind lifting us up before we read? Oh, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. Um, what a gift you've given us. Uh, you've revealed your, your heart, your character, and your son to us through your word. And so we ask now that as we turn to your word, that it would shape us, uh, renew us, and uh, may it cause us to fix our eyes and our hope on Christ. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. Jeremiah 9. Oh, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. Oh, that I had in the desert a lodging place for travelers so that I might leave my people and go away from them. For they're all adulterers, a crowd of unfaithful people. They make ready their tongue like a bow to shoot lies. It is not by truth that they triumph in the land. They go from one sin to another. They do not acknowledge me, declares the Lord. Beware of your friends. Do not trust anyone in your clan, for every one of them is a deceiver, and every friend a slanderer. Friends deceive friends, and no one speaks the truth. They have taught their tongues to lie. They wear themselves with sinning. You live in the midst of deception and their deceit. They refuse to acknowledge me, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says. See, I refine and test them. For what else can I do because of the sin of my people? Their tongue is a deadly arrow. It speaks deceitfully. With their mouths they all speak cordially to their neighbors, but in their hearts they set traps for them. Should I not punish them for this, declares the Lord? Should I not avenge myself on a nation such as this? I will weep and wail for the mountains and take up a lament concerning the wilderness grasslands. They are desolate and untraveled. The lowing of cattle is not heard. The birds have all fled, and the animals are gone. I'll make Jerusalem a heap of ruins and a haunt of jackals, and I'll lay waste to the towns of Judah so that no one can live there. Who is wise enough to understand this, who has been instructed by the Lord and can explain it? Why has the land been ruined and laid to waste like a desert that no one can cross? The Lord said, It is because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them. They did not obey me or follow my law. Instead, they followed the stubbornness of their hearts. They have followed the bales as their ancestors taught them. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says, the God of Israel. See, I will make this people eat bitter food and drink poisoned water. 
will scatter them among the nations that neither they nor their ancestors have known, and I'll pursue them with the sword until I have made an end of them. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider now, call for the wailing women to come, send for the most skillful of them. Let them come quickly and well over and well over us, till our eyes are overflowed with tears and water streams from our eyelids. The sound of wailing is heard from Zion. How ruined we are, how great is our shame. We must leave our land because our houses are in ruins. Now you women, hear the word of the Lord. Open your ears to the words of his mouth. Teach your daughters how to well. Teach one another a lament. Death has climbed in through our windows and has entered our fortresses, removed the children from the streets and the young men from public squares. Say, this is what the Lord declares. Dead bodies will lie like none on the open field, like cut grass behind the reaper, with no one to gather them. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, and rich boast of their riches, but the, the one who boasts boasts about this, that they have understood to know me, that I am the Lord who exercise kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll punish all who are circumcised only in the flesh, Egypt, Judah, Edom, Ammon, Moab, and all who live in the wilderness in distant places. For all these nations are really uncircumcised, and even the whole house of Israel is uncircumcised in heart. Of course, there's a major theme in the prophets uh, that it's our hearts that need to be touched and need to be a symbol of our obedience rather than just the outward, you know, the outward obedience and righteousness that comes from it. So heart circumcision is, is one of the deep things that's called for by the prophets. And of course, one thing that is given to us in Christ Jesus through the Spirit, Paul will say we're the true circumcision, not those who have a mark in our body, but those who have been marked by the Holy Spirit. So you have uh, wailing at the beginning and the, in the beginning and the end. In the first part, you have Jeremiah, you know, saying, "Oh, if only you know, if only my head were a, a well of tears and my eyes full of water." And of course, he says, "Hire the, uh, the professional women to do the same thing. Let us cry and let us shout." And not only do you have you know the the people's lament over their impending disaster, but you have the heart of God, even though He's bringing about judgment. The judgment is a deep grief, you know, to Him as well yeah when you talk about heart circumcision yeah i mean we see that in this chapter even i think at times we tend to think maybe the lord you know the, the lord looks at us and, and we can maybe you know we can deceive those around us but we can't deceive him he knows our hearts and, and and we see that show up when jeremiah says they go from one sin to another they do not acknowledge me declares the lord and he, he talks about how their sin manifests itself he says their tongue is a deadly arrow it speaks deceitfully with their mouths they all speak cordially to their neighbors but in their hearts they set traps for them yeah. and even there you're starting to see the the hearts of god's people are not circumcised you know they they have the outward display of you know being cordial to one another but inwardly where the Lord sees. No, and you, and you see, you see. Not only are they uh, living in pretense in their relationship with the Lord, going through the motions, gladly going to the temple and offering sacrifices, uh, they're also living in pretense in their relationships with each other. And, and of course, they violated you know the two heart, you know, the two very centers of the covenant, you know, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Every one of them living for personal gain. 
and of course, what they should boast in is you know mm-hmm. is, is so beautiful. That's the you know the big part of the passage. Not not the wise men boast of his wisdom, or the rich man boast that he's wealthy, or the strong men boast in his strength. All those natural things we would you know tend to uh, depend on, and would be you know our sense of righteousness comes from if you're a wise man from your wisdom, if you're a strong man from your strength. Uh, but. Uh, let them know that uh, let them boast that they know me and that I love kindness justice and righteousness and of course that's how the prophets will win he showed you oh man what does he desire what is good and you see that you know from the very beginning and uh, no I mean we it starts with such a graphic picture of sin and the human condition and even as you're reading the Paul I can't help but think of how far just humanity's gone from from the garden from creation you know where they were to delight and delight in their creator delight in, in one another and yet we see now that yeah their their hearts are far from god their hearts are far from one another and and the love is well what you're talking about you know understanding to know me he says because i am the lord who exercises kindness justice righteousness on earth for in these i delight so not just like these are the characteristics of god they are but they're also what he's called his people to be he delights in these things and yet we've seen they're so far from there but to know that the person has, who has truly come to understand the lord is going to delight in these things as well and, and probably have these, this fruit coming out of their life. And, of course, through the whole passage, we get a wonderful you know, uh, insight into the heart of the Lord, one who is uh, deeply broken you know, about the impending judgment that is coming, but because of his justice, uh, is obligated you know, to judgment and is obligated to punish sin. Uh, but it's not something that he delights in. What does he delight in? He, he delights in, in simple kindness, you know, justice, and righteousness. And uh, those words, you know, have, are, are neighbor-dimensioned words. And I delight when I see you just act in kindness towards your neighbor, uh, that you act righteously and that uh, you care as much about who they are and as much about their interests or the way that, you know, Paul said it, look not only to your own interests but also to the interests of others, mm-hmm. e- even to the point of considering others better than yourselves. He said, when I see that, uh, that's a reflection of me, and those are the things that I delight in. It's so funny because we often think that, you know, the things that he's going to delight in and we get caught in the same things as the people of Israel is, well, doing these sacrifices, you know, going to church, you know, these little outward things. And yet the call time and time again all throughout Scripture is the, the gospel at work in your life is an inward thing that then does flow out of your life. And I think I know I often forget that the deepest desire God probably has in my life is to, to change my heart. And therefore, change my desires and my thoughts, and and yet I try to just kind of, as you're talking about earlier, have this pretense of exterior yeah, living, and, and, and not just to have a piece of your heart, but to have the whole of your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not you know just that we come you know before God you know with this incredible you know rush of emotion, uh, you know as we lift our hands in worship or whatever it is you know that we do, but that He has all of our heart all of the time, mm-hmm. and of course the way that we know that He has all of our heart all of the time is by. Uh, the way we act, you know, toward our neighbor. In the middle, you know, there's that section that uh, kind of goes to the heart of all the prophets uh, where the Lord asks who is wise and who is instructed in the way of the Lord. You know, why has this happened to the land? Because they have broken faith with me. They have broken uh, They have broken Torah. And so we said to them at the very beginning 
uh, the prophets are executing God's case against his people as covenant breakers. And, and this is not just some recent, you know, light thing that they've done. They've done this for hundreds of years, and God has been deeply patient, you know, with them, as Peter reminds us, not wanting anyone perish, but everyone to come to the knowledge of truth. Uh, but they have resisted him, and, and they've resisted him, you know, now to the point of no return. And so that's where we find themselves. And, of course, where we take warning, yeah. you know, not to find you know, yeah. not to find ourselves. Yeah, we take warning here. And we also hear, you know, the Apostle Paul quoting these very words from Jeremiah when he's writing to the church in Corinth. And he talks about, you know, the wisdom of God and, and our wisdom and God chooses the foolish things. You know, but then when we talk about our salvation, talking about God winning our heart, you know, he goes and says, you know, so in him, in Christ, we have redemption, you know, holiness, righteousness. So what do we boast in? We boast in God. You know, we boast in Christ. Yeah. If, if we boast in anything, let this be our boast. Because when we read Jeremiah 9 and we see that we're the, the lawbreakers as well. I mean, that's Romans 3, too. Yeah. Yeah, but what what is our hope? Our hope is not in our ability to, you know, obey the law or to measure up or to even go beyond, you know, what the yeah. law requires. And our greatest strength is found in our weakness because His grace is sufficient and for us. Uh, Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for the grace we do have in Christ Jesus, and we thank you that you are sufficient. Um, Father, we are, we are lacking uh, in so many ways, um, quick to, to sin, quick to hide, quick to, um, to blame, and yet you pursue us. And so we thank you for the grace we have in Christ. We thank you for your word that um, penetrates deeply and transforms us. Uh, Father, would we continue to... Um, to be your people, uh, shaped by your word for your good and and for your glory and for the good of this place. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.